Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, your host. Uh, normally joining me alongside would be uh, LPJ professional and Legends Tour play, player Cindy Miller, but uh, she is actually currently at the airport, uh, I believe heading to Milwaukee, and uh, the reception there was just uh, not very good, and uh, she had a difficult time uh, hearing me, and I had a little bit of trouble hearing her, so um, she's decided to... Uh, to uh, cancel out uh, coming on this morning, but uh, we've got a great show for you anyways. I'm going to, uh, I had a discussion planned uh, for the first half, excuse me, <clears throat> for the first half, and then a little bit later on, we were going to be joined by uh, our special guest, Debbie O'Connell, uh, LPJ professional speaker and author. Uh, she will be coming on the second half of the show um, still, and uh, I will be, as they say, batching it here on the first half. But I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody uh, for tuning in this morning, and I apologize that Cindy uh, is not going to be uh, joining me here this morning, and she sends her apologies as well. Um, all right, so I, I want to just start off and just by uh, a couple things here. First off, um, we have two more shows this week, uh, next Tuesday and then the following Tuesday, um, and then we'll be taking an extended break, if you will, uh, for the season, obviously to observe uh, the Christmas holidays, and uh, actually a little bit longer. We won't be coming back until the first uh, Tuesday of February. I'm not 100% sure. I think the date, if I'm not mistaken, is February 4th. Uh, but if you check your your uh, your calendars, you'll <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be able to see uh, the first Tuesday uh, of February. Uh, we'll be coming back on air. Uh, and the same will apply for my other program. For those of you that uh, maybe tune into both shows, I do another program Thursday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here on the same network, BlogTalkRadio.com, uh, called Golf Talk Live. And uh, we've got a show, of course, this uh, Thursday coming up and uh, a couple of more shows to follow then. I think the last one, if I'm not mistaken, is December 19th uh, in around that date. Uh, and then we'll be breaking as well on that show uh, until uh, the first Thursday of February. Uh, also for the Coach's Corner uh, segment on Golf Talk Live, just to let everybody know uh, for any of the coaches that may be tuning into this morning's broadcast, I'll be sending out here in the next week or so uh, a new uh, clean schedule, if you will, for the 2020 uh, season. Uh, Coach's Corner, of course, is a segment on Golf Talk Live Thursday evenings. Uh, it doesn't actually officially start until the first Thursday of March. So uh, normally start off a little bit light uh, with just some interviews in February, and then we kick into the full uh, broadcast on uh, the first Thursday of March. Uh, until the end of the uh, the season. So got a lot of great things coming up for 2020. Uh, also, uh, just uh, of note, I wanted to mention as well, uh, I'm actually launching uh, a new uh, platform, if you will, called the iGolf Sports Network. Uh, it's going to be a live stream broadcast. Uh, I'll be giving you uh, more information as the, the weeks unfold through social media and other areas. Um, but it's going to be a very, very interesting platform. Of course, iGolfSports.com. Uh, is going to be the live stream arm, if you will, of the network. Uh, I'll still be, uh, we'll still be doing the, uh, the podcasts, uh, the Women of Golf Show, and also Golf Talk Live. So you want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be a very, very interesting uh, new concept coming out, if you will. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, the official launch date hasn't been uh, set officially, if you will, um, but I'm shooting for around uh, early spring, uh, maybe even uh, in, into May, uh, just depending on how everything comes together. But uh, everything is starting to, to move fairly quickly, so hopefully uh, I'll be able to uh, meet on that deadline. So keep an eye out for iGolf Sports Network. Again, I will be uh, putting some things through social media over the next uh, month or two. All right, so as I mentioned, Cindy's uh, not going to be joining me this morning, so I'm going to 
sort of try to muzzle through, if I can, uh, a conversation for the next 20 minutes uh, before Debbie comes on board. And a couple things I, I want to talk about, and we've done some of these questions um, on the Coach's Corner panel uh, on Golf Talk Live, which airs, as I mentioned, Thursday evenings. And uh, one of the questions that I, I posed to the panel uh, in our discussion was, what should a tour pro or a high-level player take away uh, if he or she uh, wins an event and if he loses an event? Um, what are some of the takeaways, if you will? We obviously had some interesting answers, and I'm going to give you my uh, perspective on that as well. So first off, let's talk about the pros, and then I'm going to have a follow-up question, if you will, um, to this discussion, and that is what can the amateurs uh, or how can they benefit from some of that takeaway that the pros might have. So here, let's start off first off with, with obviously for professional wins, obviously they're going to get a nice purse, a uh, nice check uh, at the end of the event. Um, but obviously um, they're going to have a lot of positive reinforcement uh, of their game. Uh, a, a level of confidence is going to uh, escalate, if you will, uh, somewhat because they know that they're able to uh, make the things happen that they need to, to be able to successfully win the tournament. Um, and, Obviously, a lot of the professionals, unlike many amateurs out there, spend a great deal of time and resources uh, preparing for these events. So when they come through and they're able to successfully win an event, it just reaffirms and reassures um, that they're doing all the right things. And obviously, there's some luck in there as well. I mean, you're playing on average uh, with a, a full field uh, most weeks, and uh, so you're, you're playing against some of the other best. So it's just nice to know that you're able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best players in the world. So it gives you a whole level of confidence. Um, but more importantly, uh, when you don't win the event, um, what are some of the takeaways? Well, some of the takeaways from that is, uh, believe it or not, not negative. Uh, it gives you a, a, a better focus on your game, what areas um, didn't hold up through the tournament. For instance, maybe your putting uh, let you down. You hit uh, some great shots. Uh, you were solid off the tee. Uh, and hit some great uh, approach shots, and even your recovery shots, uh, when needed, came through. However, uh, once you got on the dance floor, as they say, uh, the putter just seemed to let you down. So those weaker areas of your game tend to stand out more um, when you're not playing your best. And I think this is something that the professionals take away. And I want to make a, a note here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it again in the second uh, question, if you will, or the second part of uh, this discussion and that is obviously the amateur players. Um, but one thing that you, you may notice with the professional players uh, when you're watching the event is they don't make changes once they get out on the golf course. Um, obviously, they practice up before they get out there um, on the practice tee and work on any last-minute bugs or kinks. But uh, traditionally, what they will do is when they come to the course that day, whatever game that they find on the, on the practice tee or on the driving range is what they're going to play with that day. And uh, hopefully uh, it will be uh, solid all the way around. But as, as I said, sometimes there might be some weak areas. It could be putting. It could be their, their, uh, their short, other areas of their short game. Or they might not be too accurate off the tee that particular day. So they're going to work with what they have and make the best of the situation. The one thing that you will not see, most professionals, um, very few. In fact, I don't really know of anybody off the top of my head. Um, you will not see them make uh, swing changes. You will not see them suddenly uh, doing a lot of different things out there. They will work with what they've got. They will make the best of the situation. And whatever uh, changes they may make are going to be so minute that you wouldn't be able to pick them up anyways. And that's key. And, and it brings me, as I said, to the second part, and that is what can uh, an amateur golfer, uh, many of uh, you out there that, uh, that are struggling with your game, what can you take away from the tour pros? Well, first and foremost, they're not going to win every single event, and neither are you. So if you're playing in a corporate event or if you're playing in your club championship, um, you know, unless you're somebody that is a very well-accomplished player uh, and have lots of confidence, maybe you've won the event a number of times over the years uh, that gives you that confidence going in, um, you're certainly not going to be expected to win uh, each and every year. Now, obviously, there are some exceptions to the rule. There's some really good players out there uh, that have uh, stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with the, the, their fellow uh, club professionals and uh, also uh, maybe some of their amateur partners uh, and may have that. But again, that's a very rare uh, situation. More and more uh, often, they're going to get out there and, uh, and struggle and, and have difficulties like the rest of us. 
and try to make the best of it. Um, but one of the uh, one of the things that I want people to take away is the preparation. If you look at most of the professionals, um, again, if you've ever been to a, a live event, whether it be a PGA or an LPGA uh, or any of the other uh, tours, um, and visit the practice tee or the driving range, if you will, you'll notice uh, a consistency among all the players. Now, certainly they'll talk and uh, maybe walk up and down the line and, and uh, you know, uh, have some general uh, conversation with some of their fellow players, but they will focus on their routines, whatever their pre-shot routine is, uh, how they address the ball, how they uh, look for their line of sight, and so on and so forth. They're not just hitting and raking balls. They're going through their pre-shot routine each and every time for every shot that they make out there. And the reason why they're doing that is they're reinforcing and regraining, if you will, uh, those uh, good um, effects, if you will, in trying to uh, produce uh, the consistency in their game. They're not just hitting one shot uh, this time and then just sort of raking another ball over and hitting another shot. And the reason why they do that is, uh, again, they're trying to develop a consistent pattern that they can take out of the golf course with them. One of the things that, uh, and I'm sure uh, if Cindy was here would, would agree with me, is that most amateurs don't follow or adhere to that pattern. Many of them get out there and they start to uh, struggle, if you will. Um, they fall out of their routine. They might start off for the first couple of holes uh, with some sort of a pre-shot routine that they've developed, but many times uh, what will happen as soon as uh, the wheels fall off the bus, if you will, uh, they will start to um, get into a situation where their routine is no longer happening. So, for example, they might go through their pre-shot routine on the first tee, uh, and maybe their tee shot uh, you know, uh, does quite well. It's not necessarily the center of the fairway, but they've hit a good tee shot. They get up there and they'll go through that routine again. Now they come to the second hole, uh, and again they've hit a good tee shot, um, but maybe their second shot wasn't as successful. So now all of a sudden, a little bit of stress and anxiety comes up, and ultimately what they end up doing is um, they're sort of beginnings of an alteration of their pre-shot routine. Now. Sometimes one shot won't do it. Sometimes it might take a couple of shots. But most amateurs, if you watch um, and really pay attention to, um, will start to deteriorate their pre-shot routine. And ultimately what happens is they lose focus. Now, if you conversely, if you watch uh, most of the professionals out on the PGA or LPGA tours um, and you watch them go through their routine, they will, regardless of good shot or bad shot, they will continue to do that pre-shot routine each and every shot on the golf course. And without fail, um, they will go through that process. Many times you might have noticed on an event where somebody's gone through their pre-shot routine, they've gotten over the ball and they're ready to hit their shot, and they'll back away. Something has distracted them. It might be a noise. It might be a comfort level over that shot. They will um, either do one of two things. If they're not certain of the club that they've chosen is the right club, they will uh, reselect a new club. Uh, or if it's just a matter of some other distraction, they will then begin their pre-shot routine all over from start to finish, and then they'll execute the shot. So that's a, a big takeaway that I think a lot of amateurs should do. And I think that you'll find that if you get into that pattern, you'll start to see uh, more and more consistency, and you'll start to develop a positive mindset. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with Debbie when she comes on um, because uh, she's really somebody that focuses on uh, being positive, uh, obviously not just on the golf course, but in everyday life. And we're going to talk to her a little bit more about that. All right, uh, another thing I want to talk about is uh, some of the course conditions that you might be faced with. So, um, for instance, if the course is dry, um, maybe it's ex extremely dry, um, a lot of factors come into play. For instance, uh, the ground typically, even though the, the, most of the golf courses are watering pretty re uh, frequently, uh, but if there's been a drought in the area, as an example, a lot of times uh, they may be under certain water restrictions and the course can get a little bit dry, a little bit hard. So that's going to affect really how you play the golf course because if the ground is hard, that means when the golf ball hits, if you're off the tee or, or hitting your second shot even onto a green, 
sometimes if the greens are firm or the fairways are firm, the ball is typically going to travel a little bit farther. You're going to get a little extra bounce, a little bit extra roll. So you have to factor that in um, when you're uh, playing out there. So that's why it's important to really work on some of the fundamentals in that when you get on the practice tee before you actually get on the, um, the golf course. That's your practice area. That's what that's there for, is for you to get an idea of how you're going to play that particular day. So you want to get out there um, in a dry condition, and you want to factor that in and say, okay, if I normally hit my 7-iron, let's say 150 yards, uh, and typically I might get, um, depending on the conditions, um, 10 to maybe 15 uh, extra yards of, of roll, depending on uh, where uh, and, and the conditions of the course. You might have to factor in a little bit more uh, if you're playing in dry conditions because, again, when the ball hits, uh, it's not going to um, necessarily stop right away. It's going to roll a little bit, and if the ground is harder, it's going to even roll a little bit further than typical. So you want to understand that. So it's always a good idea to go through your clubs. When you get out to the practice tee, that's why it's important to get to the golf course a little bit early so you can test some of these. Now, you don't have to go through every single club. You can kind of do a, a benchmark, if you will, work with some of your shorter irons, maybe first to warm up in that, get an idea of how they're landing uh, on some of the green targets that are out on your, your local range. Uh, same thing with your mid-irons, like a 7-iron or even an 8-iron. Uh, you want to get an idea. And if you're using longer irons or you're using some hybrid clubs, uh, you want to gauge that as well. Um, you want to be able to see how much extra roll and carry you might be getting uh, as a result of dry conditions. And obviously the, the reverse happens when the course is wet. Maybe you've had some uh, recent rain or a lot of rain and the course is pretty, pretty wet. So obviously what's going to happen in a situation like that is um, you're not going to get as much roll. And sometimes depending on how much rain uh, or how much moisture has been on the golf course, uh, it may, in some cases, especially out in the fairways, it may actually plug a little bit in some cases, especially with some of your shorter irons. Uh, same thing with the green. If the greens are, are, are um, sufficiently wet, uh, more so than normal, uh, your, your ball is, is, when it lands, is not going to travel in most cases very, very far. So you have to factor that in. So if normally, if, if in uh, normal conditions, if you're hitting a shot, let's say the pin is cut uh, in the back and uh, in firm conditions, you might hit it towards the front or the center of the green uh, and let it sort of roll to the pin, uh, that might be ideal. But in wet conditions, you might have to fly the ball a little bit further. You want to make sure you get it uh, back to the pin because it's going to stop uh, much more quickly than it would in dry conditions. So these are some factors that you have to consider. And I think that um, when you work on the practice tee uh, or through your, your lesson program with your fellow uh, golf professional uh, or teaching professional or coach, um, these are some things that you want to work on. Um, you want to make sure that they're giving you some guidance and some understanding of how the ball is going to be affected under different conditions. And those are just a couple of conditions to give you examples. Um, but you want to be able to do that so that when you get out in the golf course, uh, certainly, again, you're going to work on some of these things when you're on the practice tee, um, but you want to be prepared. One of the biggest mistakes, and, and again, I'm sure many of the professionals that we've had on the show can tell you from playing in pro-ams um, that many of their amateur partners, first and foremost, don't have much of a pre-shot routine. Uh, many of them don't know how to play in different conditions. There's obviously wind conditions as well. Things need to be factored there. They just don't understand how to make adjustments to their game. And more oftenly uh, than not, what they will do is they will react to certain conditions uh, more often than not negatively. So, uh, again, for instance, uh, if they are in a windy condition, let's say, um, they'll start making adjustments um, sometimes on the fly and not really putting a lot of thought into it. And the problem is then what's happening is they're actually taking their, their swing out of sync, if you will, uh, and not making uh, sound judgments. So those are some things that you need to, to keep, uh, uh, keep thoughts about. Um, one of the other things, too, that uh, very quickly that I want to talk about, and, and that is really um, spending quality time uh, out on the on the practice tee, and obviously quality time uh, with your your fellow tee, uh, your uh, local teaching professional. Excuse me. One of the things that um, we see as professionals, Cindy and I, and, and and many of the others that have been on the show, will tell you um, that you have to practice with a purpose. Um, many of the uh, amateurs that we work with, 
<clears throat> excuse me, don't seem to practice with any sort of purpose. As I mentioned earlier, they kind of get out there and just sort of rake the balls along and, and hit shot after shot, and they're not really um, working on any of the fundamentals or they're really working on the things that they need to be working on. And I, I couldn't emphasize enough, I think the pre-shot routine is an area that many, many golfers struggle with. So you want to develop a, a good pre-shot routine. And this is something that you and your teaching pro or your coach that you're working with can help you develop something that's comfortable for you, um, that's going to be effective, and that's going to be repeatable. And it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. People sometimes get into too much uh, things in the routine, and I think this is why it becomes difficult uh, and not repeatable. If you look at most of the golf pros uh, on television, uh, they have a, a very simplified and very basic routine, but it's something that they repeat, and it's identical each and every shot. And that's something, too, that you also have to keep in mind. This is not just something that you do on the first tee and then you forget about the rest uh, of the 18 holes. Uh, this is something that you do every shot. Now, obviously, uh, when you're on the putting surface, your routine is going to be slightly different because you're, you're dealing with uh, a ball that's not going to be uh, going airborne, but rather putting along the surface. So there might be some different uh, adjustments that you might make for there. But generally, uh, it's going to be the same. You're going to get back. You're going to look at the line uh, of your, your putt. Uh, you're going to address the ball essentially uh, the same way. You're, you're going to come in from behind it, and then you're going to adopt your stance and posture uh, and take a few pa uh, practice strokes, if you will. So these are things that you want to do, and these are things, uh, folks, to be honest, that you can be working through uh, as we sort of transition for some of you, especially up in the Northeast. Uh, I know many of you have been hit with a lot of snow, so you're not making it out. Obviously, the golf season for many of you is is pretty much over, but uh, there are some areas, of course, where you've got an indoor facility, uh, like up around where Cindy is, uh, and many of the uh, major markets do have indoor facilities, whether it be a dome or even an inside uh, hitting bay at many of the, the golf courses and or uh, golf facilities in your area. Uh, so you just have to uh, find one that's uh, convenient for you. And uh, this is an opportunity to work on some of these things in your off-season. Uh, for those of you that don't have the pleasure of coming down here into Florida where I am uh, and playing uh, in the winter months, um, you want to be able to be working on your game and uh, sort of getting some of these things, the fundamentals and, and so forth, into play um, so that when you uh, spring comes back and uh, the courses begin to open up again, uh, then you want to be ready uh, and refreshed. Something else, too, that you want to work on uh, in the offseason uh, is your fitness program. Uh, you want to make sure that you're, you're stretching regularly. You want to make sure that you're uh, adopting a sound uh, workout routine and not just a matter of lifting weights and, and so forth. Um, I strongly urge, and, and most teaching professionals know somebody now. Um, obviously, most of them are not uh, specifically. Some may be uh, qualified as a certified teaching, a golf teaching professional um, uh, in, in physical tra fitness training, um, but most of them uh, may have paired up with one or know somebody that is a certified golf fitness instructor, that's somebody that you want to seek out because they have specific um, areas of physical training that are designed specifically uh, for the golfer in mind. So you want to connect with, uh, with somebody like that, and they can help you develop a good routine to practice, to get ready, if you will, for a new season because the worst thing you can do is be sitting on the couch or the lazy boy for the winter uh, for several months and, uh, and not um, getting out there and, and doing things to keep yourself uh, refreshed. And you can even do things, um, again, depending on your circumstances at home. Uh, you, obviously, most surely you can be practicing your, your putting stroke and things like that. Um, but if you don't have particularly high ceilings, uh, there's a lot of great short clubs on the market uh, that are training aids that you can get. Uh, and you can be using that, and I suggest getting a full-length mirror. It doesn't have to be a super wide mirror. It can be just be um, maybe uh, a couple of feet wide. Uh, you can get one that's you know maybe five feet high, and you can just sort of tilt it against the wall uh, if it's not mounted. And what you can do is you can actually get in front of this mirror and be working through your swing, the different positions that you want to be in to make sure you're transferring your weight and so forth appropriately. So these are things that you can be doing in the winter months. Um, there's no excuse, and obviously, first and foremost, you want to make sure that you're eating well as, uh, as uh, giving you that energy so that when you're playing 18 holes, you're not running out of steam come uh, hole number nine. So, uh, again, you want to make sure that you look at these different areas uh, in the off season and uh, get yourself better prepared 
uh, for when the new season comes up. And uh, I promise you, if you do these things, uh, you will play much better. Too many people focus on uh, their ball striking. They don't focus on a lot of these other areas, and they don't realize that everything works together. Obviously, you want to be hitting some solid shots, and those are things that your coach and your teaching professional can help you with. Um, but you also have to work on these other areas as well. <coughs> Pardon me. So on that note, I want to also um, say that um, I think that for most people, if they have not been doing so already, they need to surely reach out to their local teaching professional. You can uh, contact your local golf course uh, that may be close to you. Uh, you can go through uh, social media, even see a lot of them that uh, are on uh, different social media links, and you want to uh, reach out and have a conversation with them. Go and meet with them or talk to them on the phone and, and have some questions prepared. Um, you know, what uh, sort of training have they had? Are they certified? You know, that sort of thing. What sort of credentials do they have? And also, if you know somebody that's played a lot of golf, maybe find out if um, they have some clients that uh, – um, maybe have referred this, this particular professional and talk to them a little bit as well. Maybe you've got some friends that have been taking golf lessons from a particular professional for years and they're quite happy with uh, their performance. Um, talk to them about them. Get a little bit of background, if you will, on that particular individual uh, and then go and meet with them. And they'll put you through an assessment. They'll talk to you about some of the areas that they've uncovered through that assessment that maybe uh, you need some help with. And then don't be afraid to be honest and, and have an upfront conversation with them and say, look, these are some areas that I'm currently struggling with and uh, what can we do to, uh, you know, what can you do to help me on these areas? And I guarantee they will put together a good plan. And don't forget the nutrition and also the physical fitness. Have a conversation with them about that as well. And as I said, some may have uh, specific uh, credentials in the fitness side as well. Some may even in the nutritional side. Most don't, um, but you can certainly have that conversation with them and they can more than likely or not, uh, especially in this day and age, probably put you in, tr in touch with somebody that can maybe help you out in those areas as well. All right, um, Debbie is going to be joining us here in a few moments, but in the meantime, I want to take this opportunity uh, to share a short uh, audio clip um, from Cindy Miller on all of you uh, business professionals out there that may be interested in uh, connecting with her and learning how some of the benefits of playing golf can help your business life. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com. All right, and remember to go to cindymillerinc.com at the end of the show, and um, she's got all of her contact information. Cindy is one of the best in the industry. She's just a, a very knowledgeable um, professional and just a, a first-class um, uh, you know, person that, that has been not only a player on the LPGA and now the Legends Tour, um, but has been teaching golf for many, many years with her, her uh, uh, lifetime PGA member husband, uh, Alan Miller, together, uh, they've gone out and done some great things. They've got some boot camps uh, that are going to be coming up in the new year. And when Cindy comes back on, uh, I believe next week, then uh, I'll get her to share some of those upcoming dates. And if there's availabilities, you might want to sign up for that. She does a great job. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not an easy boot camp, but uh, I promise you that uh, it'll be well worth uh, the money uh, to go. They're a great couple. They're very passionate about helping uh, many golfers out there um, play their best golf. And, and the only way you can do that is to uh, get out there, practice, uh, learn from some of the best out there, and then put it into practice, as I said. Um, all right, before uh, I introduce uh, this morning's guest, I want to just remind everybody, uh, for those of you that maybe joined a little bit later uh, in the broadcast, um, next week and the week after are going to be the last two shows here on the Women of Golf Show for this season. Uh, we'll be taking an extended break until the beginning of February, uh, the first Tuesday of February. So we'll be breaking uh, here in uh, just a couple of weeks. Uh, December uh, 17th actually will be the last show uh, for the Women of Golf for 2019. And then uh, as I'm looking here, February 4th, that's, I knew that was around the 4th, uh, February 4th will be the first date uh, that we'll be coming back 
on uh, on air. So we've taken an extended break, obviously, to uh, enjoy the holidays and spend time with family and friends, and also uh, regroup, if you will, uh, with some of our, our fellow professionals and, and get the uh, new schedule started. So uh, we'll be breaking uh, the last show of the season is going to be um, December 17th, and then we'll be back live on air uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network on February the 4th. Uh, and also, as I mentioned, uh, the other program that I do Thursday nights, which is Golf Talk Live, that will be uh, ending on December 19th, uh, will be the last show, and then on February the 6th uh, will be the first live show coming back in 2020. So I hope you uh, stay, in, stay tuned for those, and uh, I hope you continue to enjoy And in the meantime, uh, what you can do is if you've missed any of the live broadcasts, uh, you can go to uh, either blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or forward slash golf talk live. And if you click the follow button on that main page, excuse me, um, you can actually get updated notifications uh, in your inbox on your uh, email address. Uh, it will uh, automatically uh, send you notifications um, and uh, you can be aware of uh, any upcoming uh, guests and, and shows and things like that. And it's a great way to follow the program. And at the end of this show, I'm going to play a uh, the outro clip, which will also have some other great ways that you can uh, follow into the show as well. All right, I'm going to um, just tell you a little bit about uh, our uh, guest this morning, or my guest, should I say. Uh, Debbie O'Connell uh, is a uh, LPGA professional. She's also a keynote speaker, author, and entrepreneur and a 26-year-plus veteran of the women's uh, professional golf and an LPJ Class A teaching and club professional. Uh, she is a dynamic, engaging, entertaining, and knowledgeable speaker and leadership advocate. Uh, her energy, passion, and authentic, positive nature uh, motivates and inspires her audiences to have the courage to strive to reach their full potential in all areas of life. Uh, she's a seasoned media professional and is the co-host of uh, the recently launched, or sorry, the host of the recently launched Game Time Golf Positive Channel for Audible, uh, an Amazon-owned company, and she's also had multiple appearances on the Golf Channel and hosted numerous golf-oriented radio shows as well as television show Par for the Course. Uh, as I mentioned, she's an author. Uh, her first book, uh, Golf Positive, Live Positive, is available. We'll tell you about how you get her hot little hands on that before the holidays. Uh, and um, she also is the founder CEO of Golf Positive LLC. So. Let me welcome the special guest this morning, Debbie O'Connell. Good well, morning, Debbie. So How are you? Much. Oh, my gosh. I am fabulous. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Well, thank you for having such an amazing accolade that it made it so easy for me to introduce you. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show. And I'm going to extend a quick apology. Unfortunately, Cindy is not going to be able to join us. I didn't know if you knew that up front or not, but um, she is actually heading uh, – uh, to Milwaukee and uh, is actually going to be probably in, on flight right now. And uh, we were going to have her on for a few minutes, but uh, it turned out that the reception wasn't that good on her end uh, in the airport, which obviously happens quite a bit. So she had to bail and sends her apologies, but uh, I'll make sure that the next time we have you on uh, that she's here. So you're stuck with Ted, but uh, hey, we'll make the best of it. <laughs> I think we'll get through, Ted. We'll be good. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm very excited to have you on the show. I know uh, I've followed you through uh, social media quite a bit uh, for um, the last several years, particularly since I've been doing these programs, and um, I'm very, very excited to have you on. But I, I want to go back a little bit, if you don't mind, before we get into to, um, uh, Golf Positive, Live Positive, your book, and, and some other things. Um, I want you to maybe just explain to the audience a little bit some of the things that particularly that you enjoy about being an LPJ teacher professional. The people. Uh, first and foremost, I love not my colleagues as well. Whenever we get together, it, it's it's like a family comes together, and I get to connect and reconnect. And I'm constantly learning, which is one thing I love to do in life. I I am asking questions when I'm with my colleagues and what works for you? How did, how did you shift that person's mindset on the golf course? What worked when they were struggling with this? I'm constantly, so that, that part of it's amazing for me and just being in the LPGA particularly. And then for golf as a profession, the people I teach, my, my clients, I was a head golf professional for 15 years. Um, 
at three different golf courses and, and each one had its own uniqueness about it. But, and the people were all amazing. And that's the part I love. I love when, when I started many, many people with the game of golf as a brand new golfer. And I've watched them grow into from being totally afraid to even walk into the pro shop to going out and playing in the men's league or the ladies league and having a ball and then watching them at the luncheon and winning, winning an award and uh, for you know, the most improved or for low best score or most birdies or whatever. And watching that progress that people make has just been so fun for me. And then just that interaction so often during a golf lesson, you are, you want to get to know the person because you want to know if they have these, you know, limiting beliefs that are holding them back or what their experience has been in life that they may be bringing to the golf course that you can possibly shift so they have more confidence and a better mindset or what athletics they've played. And, and you f- hear these stories, and, and it's so neat when people just open up and share with you. And sometimes you become a psychologist out there and you're supporting them because there was <laughs> something that they didn't share with anybody else. And I've had that experience where they said something that I've never told this to anyone but it was something that was really meaningful to them. And to gain that closeness with, with the people has been incredible for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think the other thing too, Debbie, is, you know, you develop a, a sort of a trust level and uh, a very unique relationship with your students because they obviously are coming to you to draw from your experiences and from um, some of the different uh, lessons, if you will, that you're going to provide to them. Um, but they're, you know, they're actually opening up to you and becoming very vulnerable at times uh, with their game because obviously you're going to see very quickly just what level they're at once they start actually hitting some golf balls. So they obviously have to be honest first and foremost with you, and you kind of get an insight to um, their character a little bit um, as a teach professional. It's kind of interesting, especially if you do a playing lesson, um, and, and I've always, you know, I, I do a lot of corporate, uh, events and things like that throughout the year. And one of the things is golf teaches you integrity. And we're going to talk about some of the life lessons here in just a moment. Um, but it teaches you about integrity and, you know, a lot of times you'll see whether or not, especially if you play in, uh, some sort of a corporate event, you'll see who the people are that play by the rules and the ones that, you know, kind of cheat a little bit. And I hate to use that term, but they do. And it tells you a lot about their character. And no other sport that I'm aware of um, gives you that insight, you know, for um, being able to see how somebody handles themselves out in the golf course. Because quite often how they handle themselves out there is how they're going to handle themselves in life. So it gives you a unique uh, opportunity perspective to see that. And uh, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that, that uh, interaction with, with folks. And um, I, I think that you do a, a, an interesting um, job at not just teaching them the fundamentals of the game, but approaching things um, from a little bit different than what maybe some do. And I want to read a testimonial, and then I want you to respond to it. This is a testimony from your website that I got uh, here recently, uh, and I want to read it out, and then I'm going to sort of form a question out of that. Um, Debbie's teaching and, and messages equip everyone to believe anything is possible. As importantly, she equips you with concrete, practical tools and techniques to make anything possible. She also provides great advice on how to become more resilient along the way. Um, and here's the key thing. Debbie lives what she teaches, so you see it in action. Um, why is that important for you to live what you preach? That's an awesome question, Ted. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I, I feel it's important for me to be the example for, um, for people around me. You know, that's friends and family. That's people I teach, people who look up to me, people who want to learn from me, because I don't feel comfortable encouraging someone to do something that I haven't done myself. And a lot of my teaching is in the mental game area. I also have a company called Live Positive. And right now, as a matter of fact, I'm in the middle of doing a a program called Positive Vision 2020. And when when I'm going through exercises, they're exercises I've done. There are things that have worked for me. And when I encourage people to get coaching, I get coaching. You know, I have a golf pro right now that I'm working with on my game because I plan on qualifying for the U.S. Women's Senior Open in 2020. You know, so I'm working on my game, and, I'm, and I have a coach that I work with. The, the mindset part, I have exercises I do. You know, when I talk about how being physically fit 
will give you energy to achieve your goals and help you be more resilient, I better be in shape, right? Because I'm not just going to stand there and say that and not take care of myself and, and, and find out, is that statement true? So what I like to do mm-hmm. is actually experiment on that and see, is, is, is what I'm telling people the truth? So I get, get myself in shape, I eat healthy, and I wake up with energy, and I have passion and purpose throughout the day, and, and, and I have this excitement about me, and I feel healthy, and, and I feel light and energized. So yes, this works. So I encourage people, if you have a goal to set, if you're looking at what goals am I going to set for 2020, what am I going to reach, if health and fitness is one area that you're lacking in, make that your first one, because then everything else will truly fall in place. Um, so, so that's an example of, of something. So in all the different areas of life, I, I, like I, I, have, I have life coaches, I have business coaches, I have, I have my golf pro. I, I just believe so much in coaching. So when I'm coaching others and I say, you know, take me on this journey with you, allow me to coach you, um, I can say that confidently because I've invested in me. I've put the time in me. When, when people, when I say, well, it's, I, I would suggest you take a series of 10 lessons because that can take you from here to here and we continue on this journey together and coaching is important. Well, it's because I've done that and I know the value right. of it. And I've also have proof of it because I've seen it in my other clients and I've seen it in my students, the one who stick with coaching and they're consistent. Well, they're consistent in their growth, whether it's personal growth, whether it's, you know, golf skills getting better, uh, scores getting lower, what, whatever area they, when they're consistent in their coaching and in their execution plan, they're going to get better results. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that as, as teach professionals, coaches, what have you, um, we also are on a continual learning journey as well, just because, you know, we may or may not be, you know, certified or, or have different, um, uh, you know, accolades, if you will. Um, we have to go to somebody as well and, and get, whether it be a refresher course or updated or what have you, so that we can then bring our best to the students. It's not just, well, we went and learned how to, you know, teach golf one day and then that's it for the rest of our lives. We have to continually uh, keep pushing ourselves to get better and to understand um, because, you know, I think what the golf industry is starting to learn today, Debbie, is that we are all uniquely different. You know, that one size doesn't fit all. So we have to have a a little bit more broader uh, understanding of of not only our teaching, but how the game is played from from a lot of different uh, perspectives. Um, I want to ask you something, keeping on the on the positive side here for a second, um, because obviously we all have our good days and our bad days. So what do you do or what do you say to yourself each day when you get up that keeps you in that positive mindset? Well, I have a morning routine that I do uh, every single day, and it's automatic and it's trained because I, it's a habit now. When the alarm goes off or when my eyes open up, the first thing I ask is, what am I thankful for? And that, for me, puts life in perspective. And I start with my friends and family, people I love and people who love me every morning. And I think about those people in my life and the relationships I have in my life. And then, I'm, and then I'll go to something else. I might one morning think, I'm so thankful I can see. I'm so thankful I can walk. I'm so thankful I can hear. I might go in that direction. I might, this morning I did a live webinar and I was thankful for the opportunity to share all my knowledge and the studies I've done for the last 30 years that I put them in this program and, and I got to share it with people. I was thankful that people were on there and I had the opportunity to possibly influence their life in a positive way. That was, that was this morning. One morning I thought of chairs for some reason, Ted. It was the funniest thing. So I was like, what am I thankful for? And chairs came to mind. I'm like, chairs are really cool. You know, we can sit and have meals with other people. Cindy sitting on a chair right now traveling to somewhere. You know, and, and I thought right. about when I was a kid and we had these cool little, uh, this, this chair. It, it, it was, you sit in it, but it had wheels on it, which I don't think they make anymore because I think some kids were rolling around before they could walk and they were going o- over some stairs. But when I was a kid, I was in that. So I could, before I could walk, I could kind of run around in that little thing. I'm like, that was the coolest chair ever. You know, so it was a four-wheel We start with that. And then I do a, a, a little meditation. It's not crazy long. It's just a meditation to get myself kind of grounded and connected. And then I get up and I yell, Ted, I say, who's ready to start the day? So I 
start with energy right away. And I and I kind of do a motivational speak, speech with my two cats. And I'll look and I'll say, little girl, are you ready to start today? Little boy, are you ready to start today? We're going to make today amazing. So I know that's probably like people maybe rolling their eyes and think that's crazy, but that's how I start my day. And I realize, too, that I am truly in charge of how I feel. You know, Ted, our thoughts will influence how we feel. And we have over 70,000 thoughts a day. And our thoughts will, will yep. do that. So if we're thinking negative thoughts and ungrateful thoughts and we're complaining and all that, we're not going to feel very happy. But if we think about what we're grateful for, if we think about, you know, where we're going and what we're going to achieve and who we might meet today and the adventures ahead and, and your learning experiences and that you, you are loved and that you can see or you can walk if you can. I mean, you may have people listening who can't, don't have those things and how fortunate we are, then you're going to feel happier. So and I always remember that I am truly in charge of how I feel. Now, does that mean I never go get down or, or sad or frustrated? No, but I know that I can choose to either stay there or I can pop myself out of it. Yeah, and that's hugely important. And a lot of people might, you know, again, sort of be thinking about this. Well, that, that's great, but how does that sort of translate into golf? Well, you speak your, your own truth. You know, if you're speaking – uh, or your thought process is always in a negative mindset, you're going to take that wherever you go. And, and we're going to talk about that now uh, in life, but particularly out in the golf course. If you believe that you're not going to play well today, well, nine times out of ten, you're not likely going to play very well. So you believe, as I do, that, you know, about being positive, and, and obviously uh, not only does it translate in the golf course, but everyday life. And you wrote a book, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. So um, I believe wholeheartedly with that. What are some of the, the, the lessons, if you will, that you've learned uh, through golf? Oh, so many lessons through golf. You know, golf has those ups and downs, right? Where, uh, I, And I'll tell you a story from years ago. Before I really understood this concept, I, I, I played other sports. I, I was a, um, an athletic person throughout my life. I still am. And I played college basketball. I played softball in, in high school. So I had success in those arenas and I get to golf and it's really challenging and I'm, I'm struggling with golf unlike I ever have in other sports. And I remember this one round of golf where I just beat myself up the whole time. I was just no matter what. And then I'd hit a shot and I'd be like, see, now <laughs> I knew I was going to hit a bad ball. Well, of course I was going to. And then I was getting more frustrated. I was getting tighter. There was no way the ground was going to get better because I kept putting myself down. I kept getting angry. I kept getting frustrated and it was miserable for me. And I'm sure it was even more miserable for the people I was playing with. And, and I, I woke up that day after that round, I was so embarrassed that I, I looked in the mirror at first at myself and I said, I am so sorry for the way I treated you today. I will never do that again. And, and I, I made that promise to myself. And then I went and apologized. I said to everyone I played with, I said, I am so sorry the way I acted. But you know what? I learned a great lesson today. I'll never do that again. And then from then on, I just got, I got more coaching on it. I read more books. I, you know, I, I've, I've read all those, you know, from the, the power of positive thinking with Norman Vincent Peale to Zig Ziglar's to Tony Robbins to, you know, and, and, and continue today to continue to learn and, and be that person and, and learn the new. It's, you know, you talk about um, why we need to keep learning. Well, technology and research continues to happen, so there's always more to learn. But from that day on, I learned that lesson. And now, I, you know, I may say something like, oh, I could do better than that, you know, which is a positive statement. I feel like I kick myself in the butt a little like, oh, Debbie, you better than that. But it's still a positive, and I can move forward from a shot. Or, hey, this will be an amazing par, even though I just sliced it into the woods. This will be amazing par for me. If I, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit the great next shot. And I'd, I'd continue to focus on the next shot and continue to get better. But positive thinking on the golf course is truly a game changer. You know, there's a study about post-shot reaction. You know how people have a pre-shot routine? which is important right. and you want to get in your pre-shot routine. You want to visualize your shot. You want to do the same thing over and over. You want to get set. You want to have a quiet mind. Once you step over the ball, look at the target and swing and then look at the target back to the ball and then swing, but picture the target. So then afterwards, if you have a negative reaction, it actually will take 10 good shots with that club to erase the negative reaction. And the more emotion you put into a reaction, the more you remember it in the amygdala in the brain. So if you have emotional negative reactions, 
guess what happens the next time you pick up that club? Your brain remembers what happened last time. And that's what it thinks this club will do because that's the memory you've connected. Now, if you have positive reactions, you do the opposite. You know, you hit it well. Or a neutral reaction is even fine. But your post-shot reaction is as important as your pre-shot routine to set you, yourself up for continued success on the golf course. Yeah, you're 100% right. You know, I talked about before you came on uh, a little bit about that. And one of the things, you know, that I notice when you watch sort of professional golfers as opposed to our amateur golfers, the pros, if you see them out and around, and obviously we all hit bad shots, they hit bad shots too. Obviously we don't always see them because sometimes the camera, um, you know, uh, isn't always focused on them, but they do hit bad shots. But the interesting thing is to go to your point is they don't get out of their pre-shot routine. When the next shot comes, that shot that just happened, doesn't matter what happened, they'll regroup, they'll refocus, and they'll go through that routine again. Um, and they'll do that through their entire round. And they will not deal with any uh, negative emotions out there. I'm sure they're un, un, unsettled and they're unhappy about it, but they're not going to let it creep into the rest of the round. And the difference is when we see amateur golfers, even if they start out good, um, maybe for the first few holes, they're doing their pre-shot routine, suddenly the wheels fall off the bus and, you know, all hell breaks loose. And next thing you know, they're not doing the routines anymore uh, and they're just sort of going through the motions around the golf course. And that is obviously a discipline um, that the professionals have that they've developed over years. And I think a lot of our amateurs don't get that. They just, again, they let those, as you pointed out, they let those negative thoughts start creeping in. And instead of focusing on the shot at hand, they're thinking about shots, you know, two or three holes ago um, where they maybe made a triple bogey. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, 100%. And it does take them out of the pre-shot routine. And a lot of times people get out of the pre-shot routine because they didn't believe from the beginning that they could play that well. I've been in programs, and I've played with people where they've done this. And it happens more with women than men. I'll be in a program with a guy, and he's playing great, like over his head. you got a, a, a 25 handicapper making pars and birdies. And he's like, yeah, that's my game. He's all confident going forward. You have a woman do that. <laughs> and she comes out, and she, she, she goes par, par. She maybe makes the chips in for a birdie. And, and she's like, this is what the woman will say. This isn't me. I don't know who this is, but the real me will show up sooner. Don't expect this the rest of the day. So, you know, it's that confidence and belief, but I hear, I've heard, I can't even tell you, Ted, how many times I've heard a woman make excuses for playing well instead of taking it as I hit those shots. I did that. Wow. Wow. This is, this is me. This is the real me on the golf course. I can do this instead of going with the positive. It's, and that's where what you said, starting off, well, the wheels start to fall off. Sometimes the wheels fall off because of the lack of belief that they can play as well as they're playing instead of staying in the moment and saying, okay, stay in this moment, just hit this one shot right here, one shot at a time, and gain confidence from the past good shots, but don't, don't be afraid of them either. So it's, it's both ways. And then when the wheels start to fall off, they're more, you know, a lot of these women, they're more confident. See, this is me. This is my game. I'm back, you know, it, which, is, which is crazy because she actually just talked herself into playing poor golf because she was uncomfortable playing really good golfer, golf. So, you know, the mind game out there on the golf course is just amazing. And it's the same in life. You know, people have limiting beliefs. You know, one, one limiting belief that many people know is money is the root of all evil, right? We've heard evil. that saying, or money only goes to money. Money doesn't grow on trees. We hear all this stuff that money's bad. Well, someone could be starting to make money, started their own business, or got a promotion, and then their brain's like, wait a minute, we don't believe money's a good thing, and we've got all this money coming in. Sometimes we self-sabotage. So it's important yep. to, to look at where your beliefs are. And then what, what I always tell people with golf is we just need to, you know, not only do we need to just make you better and, and physically better with your golf performance skills and your game and how you play your game and all those disciplines like the pre-shot routine and, and we have you doing that, but we also have to get you to start believing you can shoot lower scores. So when you're out there that, and you're playing good golf, that you continue to play good golf and don't sabotage it. You know, again, you're 100% right. You know, what's interesting is, you know, in, in what you just said about how so many people get out there and they sabotage a good round, um, it goes to like what I said earlier is you speak your own truth. And if you feel that you're not going to play well or you're not going to do well, then ultimately that's what you're going to attract. And, um, you know, 
as teacher professionals, I think, um, you know, it's important obviously to instill the, the fundamentals and the basics of the game, but really it's helping golfers adopt a positive mindset, I think is, is the more challenging. Teaching them the fundamentals is actually the easy part of golf instruction. Teaching them how to hit the ball solid and so on and so forth is actually the easier part. Um, it's helping them take that knowledge to the golf course and particularly having that positive mindset because you're right. It's amazing. You can go out there and they'll have a, a, a couple of great holes and then all of a sudden something will happen and it's like their whole demeanor changes. And it's like, well, wait a minute, where'd this person come from? And as you said, you're, you're exactly right. Cause I've worked many, many times, especially with corporate partners, both men and women. And you're right. The men will, you know, embellish and, and as I always put BS a little bit more, the women will be very, <laughs> um, will literally speak the truth. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Women are much more honest about their game, and, and um, you know, it, as you said, they'll have some success out there, and it's, well, this is not me. I don't know what's going on here. I, I must have done something last night, and then all of a sudden a bad shot. Yeah, that's me. That's that's normally what my typical, you know, uh, experience is out here in the golf course, and they, it, it's like they kick the, the, the ladder out from, or the stool out from underneath themselves uh, every single time. So really, as teach professionals and coaches, you know, we have to really help to instill that positive mindset, and you know, I can't think of anybody that does a better job than you do. And that's why I really, um, you know, love that you've done this book. Um, where can the folks, if they're interested, obviously we've got Christmas coming up. Is there an opportunity they can still get their hot little hands on a copy of this book? And if so, where do they go to do it? Yeah, Amazon. It's on Amazon. If you go on to Amazon and just search Golf Positive, Live Positive, it will come right up. Uh, and, and they ship it pretty quickly. So, yeah, there's plenty of time for you to get it for – a holiday gift for anybody and um it the, the lessons in there are neat because like I and I go through fundamentals of golf and you know, so the chapter I teach the pitch shot I talk about getting over obstacles you know that we want to hit the ball in the air to get possibly over a bunker and the different areas where you use it and then I then the question is how well do you get over obstacles in life so the challenges that come right. up in your life when you have a a tough day whether it's a little thing like getting through you know, uh, rush hour traffic that could possibly frustrate you and making that situation a better situation to when you have, you know, a heart wrenching experience that that's challenging how, how to get over obstacles in your life. So that's the kind of thing I do. I'll, you know, when I talk about putting, I talk about short term goals and how to set short term goals, but there's a whole putting lesson in there as well. So it is truly yeah. life lessons as well as golf lessons. It's a really fun thing. If you have a golf enthusiast in your life, and even people who aren't who need some positivity in life, I've had people read the book who are not golfers and loved it, and let, they, they love the life lesson part of the book as well. So, yeah, it's on Amazon. Just uh, search Golf Positive, Live Positive, and it will pop up for you. Perfect. Well, I would strongly encourage all of the listeners to do that. Um, get yourself a copy. Get uh, somebody that you love a copy. Uh, get a lot of copies. In fact, it's Christmas time. Let's be generous. Let's give. And I can't think of a better gift to, to give. Well, Debbie, I want to thank you very much for, for joining me this morning. Um, very quickly before we wrap up, let the folks know if they want to reach out to you personally, how they can get in touch with you, if they want to work with you, uh, or they want to connect some way. What's the best way to do that? Absolutely. Uh, you can check out my website. Uh, I actually have, have two right now because I've, I've built a new one, but that one's debbie-oconnell.com. And then if you go on golfpositive.com, you can also get me there. Um, so, so those are the best ways. You can email me at debbie, at, and that's D-E-B-B-I-E, at debbie-oconnell.com, and that's O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Dot com. So Debbie at Debbie-O'Connell.com would be the best way. And uh, and truly, tell Cindy, if I don't reach out to her myself, that I I was disappointed that she wasn't on. I, I did not know that. Uh, I, you were amazing, Ted, though, and I'm, I'm thankful for you. And I look forward to coming back and, and being able to chat with Cindy as well. Perfect. Well, we will definitely have you on the new year. We're going to uh, keep us updated on, on your uh, journey to play in the, the LPJ Senior uh, open next year. I know you, you're going to uh, go to uh, to qualify for that. So good luck with that. Let us know how you make Thank it. You. Definitely, we will have you back on the new year. And I will make sure that uh, that Cindy is available. And again, my apologies that she wasn't able to uh, to make it this morning. But uh, thank you for being a great guest, and you're welcome back anytime. 
Oh, thank you so much, Ted. Have an amazing day. And everybody, have a, have a fabulous holiday as well. Can you believe it? We're December 3rd already. <laughs> have a super day. Bye-bye. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, special guest Debbie O'Connell, LPGA professional speaker and author of the book Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. Uh, and as she mentioned, you can just uh, search that on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com and uh, just search uh, under the books. Uh, golf positive, live positive, and uh, you can get your uh, several copies if you want, and they'll ship it out pretty quick uh, so that you have in time to give to somebody for Christmas or for yourself, maybe a special treat uh, for yourself. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning uh, to the Women of Golf Show. Uh, we appreciate it very, very much, and we look forward to you continuing to join us here, as I mentioned, for a couple more shows this season. Um, we've really enjoyed uh, many of the guests, especially uh, many of our player guests from the Symmetra Tour. We're going to be lining them up again for the new season for next year. Uh, we really enjoyed having these young ladies, but all of our guests, we've, uh, we've had uh, a lot of uh, enjoyment and pleasure bringing these shows to you each and every week. So on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you for tuning into the Women of Golf Show. We'll see you next time. for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.